Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Howdy and welcome to episode 53 of Wiki Shuffle. I'm Jack, this is Chris. Hello. And this is my pal, Phil Sharman. Hello. Am I not your pal? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Wiki Shuffle, Phil, what is it? Wiki Shuffle is a weekly podcast. Mm-hmm. We look at the wonderful world of Wikipedia. We like alliteration. And, and how do we do that? We do that by pressing the random article button so the whole smorgasbord of human experience is open to us for potential discussion. Mmm, sounds good. Let's do it. <laughs> The joy of text. Ooh, saucy. Saucy little play on words there. The joy of text was a themed night of television programmes centred on text messaging shown on BBC One. The worst idea in the world. I remember this. Yeah, this was a bit like this was advertised for weeks. We're going to have a night about text messaging. And they did. <laughs> this was like Nokia 3310 era. So yeah, this snake, well, polyphonic ringtones. 10p texts. 10p texts. O2 senders a quid. Texts used to be 10p, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Isn't it amazing? Thank you, WhatsApp. Thank you. It was broadcast on 9th of June 2001 and featured three TV programmes. Three? Three. <laughs> the Joy of Text Live... Text Maniacs and X-Text. Oh, they really like the word text. The first programme, The Joy of Text Live, was a 40-minute entertainment variety show hosted by Ulrika Johnson and oh. Terry Alderton. You don't get enough Terry Alderton these days, do you? <laughs> I know Ulrika. Like, I love her on Shooting Stars. She's game, but she's not actually good, is she? Didn't she go dogging with Stan Collymore? Um, no, she got punched in the face by Stan label? Collymore, I think. Oh, OK. Collymore had a lot of fingers and a lot of eyes. I bet. I'm not sure I dare put an accusation of Stan Collymore's domestic violence without suitable sourcing. Was he not convicted at one point? Of The burden of proof is on you. Okay. Um, Find me some evidence and I'll leave it in. I'm just going to say that he did it and leave it at that. The first programme, The Joy of Text Live, was a 40-minute entertainment variety show hosted by Ulrika Johnson and Terry Alderton, featuring celebrity guests and text-related games. <laughs> I do remember this. And it was the text-related games like Speed Text. You had to like, just text yeah, really fast. Yeah, I think fast. it was. And they, but they filmed it. So. But they, they, brought in, they brought in text experts who could text incredibly quickly. Textperts. Text, you call them text by their name. Textperts, sorry. Text spurt? Is that what you do at the end of a session of sexting? Yeah, text spurt happens at the end of sexting. sexting. That's a good joke. Text spurt. (laughs) Like spurt. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. 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 Thank you, Chris. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, the best jokes always need repeating eight or nine times. (laughs) Well, you can leave this bit in now so that the listeners understand why it's a good joke. This was followed by Text Maniacs, a documentary looking at surprising examples of text messaging use. But what surprising examples? It's 2001, so it's probably like a 40-year-old doing some texting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like you on an iPad now. 
I've had to been around for ages, but okay. there is definitely another example you could use that would be accurate. All right. Um, Fitbit. What? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the final program looked at the seedier side of texting. Ooh. Ooh. I like the seedy side of stuff. I never really got sexting at this stage because, I mean, A, I was 13, so I didn't really know what I was doing in terms of wooing women. I've got that all figured out now, obviously. Obviously. But a 10p a message, you, you really had to watch out. Especially as you couldn't... If, if it's like 11pm and you'd be having a little sext session. A section. Sext- no one had sexting on their 3310s. No. Yeah, I did. 10p. Yeah. I tried to woo some of the girls at school with my naughty chat. We were like 13. I remember specifically <laughs> asking me um, how big my penis was. She might have said it in, you know... A more usual way for a thirteen-year-old girl to say it, but I said it was as big as the Eiffel Tower, and I remember that specifically because <laughs> I thought I can't say the real size of it because I'm thirteen that and it's not very impressive. Feet. And there's no analogous building feet. you could use. No, you <laughs> couldn't even send a pixel message. I just thought you know Eiffel Tower is big. That will make her excited, and it didn't. <laughs> no, we we never got it on. So no. there you go. The perils of being thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> So it feels weird talking about it now because she was 13, but I was 13. It's fine. All above board. I'm not sure I would ever describe sexting as above board. Why not? Have you never sexted? Everyone sexted. Nope. Oh, <laughs> oh Just us, us millennials. Yeah. If you, if you, if you us Gen Xers. So you've never said, like, I'm feeling aroused on a text. Is that, is that your limit? That's my. <laughs> that's the opening line I go with. Don't give away too many of your secrets. There are competitor well, no, males that's my out old, there. That's my old secret. That was back in the sexting days. Now I just send unsolicited dick pics. <laughs> don't do that! <laughs> don't do that. I don't do that. Well, don't. Well, I don't. I only half believe that you don't do it. <laughs> no, so I'm going to tell you as vehemently as possible, as if you did, and maybe you don't, but don't do it. No, no, I, I don't do that. I don't think girls like it. Wait no, they until... don't. They've said it's rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Wait until they're solicited and then bear in mind that's never going to happen. <laughs> no, you never, never. You wait until you've got them snared. Snared. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then when it's too late, that's when you reveal the disappointment that is your penis. Huh. So you've snared them without them having seen you naked? Yeah. Do you think I could do it the other way around? <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to happen. Sometimes, you know when we do this, I do think that this is going to be heard in court at some point. I, I feel a little and we're the same. to be like, yeah, but he, he just said this stuff. Or that there's going to be some kind of petition campaign to ban all three of us from the country. Or at least Jack. Uh, just Jack. I'm fine with that. I'm fine. <laughs> okay, any more predatory language you'd like to use <laughs> in, the, in the context of wooing ladies? It was a joke. D- am I not... I don't know what's a joke a, anymore. This is what worries me, because... I'm always in conversations with people. I'm like, did they get that I was joking there? I don't no. think they do. No, they I don't. don't think they do. You can't send a dick pic as a joke. That's <laughs> not what I said. <laughs> and all of that that I just said, apart from the Eiffel Tower bit, was untrue. The Eiffel Tower bit happened. Your dick is actually <laughs> the size of the Eiffel Tower. That's no, the only true no, statement. No, it's not. But I mean, that would be a nightmare. I mean, it'd be pointy for one. You don't want a point at the end, like a sharp point <laughs> at the end of it. That's going to cause all sorts of problems. I, I'm very tempted to call this episode unsolicited dick pics because I think it might go down well on search engines. Yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. Yeah, that's I'm totally fine with everything because I don't say anything half as bad as he does. So <laughs> it's fine. But it's all just japes. It's not my real personality. I'm quite a sweet boy. No, that's a lie. I am. No, that's a, that's I am. a complete lie. I'm really lovely. You're not. You're a horrible man. Everyone's always telling me I'm lovely. You're a really bad man. Phil? Jack's reading this article on his phone. I can't see the screen of his phone, but it's I'm very concerned. Article. I'm very concerned that he's sexting right now. 
I think that's happened before. I, d- I just think it has. I, I don't sext. I've not had any sext since I was like 13. <laughs> because I've never sexted, am I a surgeon? You can't actually just amalgamate any two words, can you? There's a limit. No, you're not a surgeon. That would be weird. I'm definitely not a surgeon. <laughs> I think, you're, yeah, you're a sexed virgin. But it's nice to get to your age to have any type of virginity left is nice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You're very pure. As the driven snow. So, I wonder what the feedback was to Joy of Text, the TV event of the year. I'm good. We weren't hosting I'm going to say good. The Joy of Text received negative reviews from media commentators oh. who weren't fucking idiots. Oh, wait, no, that's not what it said. <laughs> who criticised the night for its poor script and lack of entertaining content. How embarrassing. This was primetime. I do remember this. This was primetime BBC One on like a Saturday night. Oh, Rika Johnson was there. A load of texters. Terry Alderton. Don't forget about Terry Alderton. I mean, I know the nation has forgotten about Terry Alderton, but in this context, let's remember Terry Alderton. He's just a man. He was a comedian. He married a Paige Free girl. <laughs> We're a lot laddier than usual. Are we compensating for having had a female guest on? Is that it? We're like, oh, We're, no, we don't want I don't the... think We're we compensating for a lot of things, Phil. I don't think this is laddie. You don't think so? No. All right, good. Yeah, no, no one said... He married a page through girl. Yeah. Did they? We just said it. Yeah, it's yeah, just, it's the only thing on his Wikipedia. All of that. Fewer than three million viewers tuned into the series. I, I actually did tune. I'm sure yeah. I watched all of this. I, I definitely watch, watched that. I've definitely watched your Rika Johnson bit. Do you remember this film? Half I remember. When new things come into the world that you don't understand with technology as you grow older, for, for like me and Chris, it's like Zoella. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she's not. You? I don't think she's technology. I think she's a human being. Is she? Yeah. <laughs> I thought she was an app. When texting came in, were you reluctant to begin with? No, because I got my first mobile phone when I was eighteen, so I was I was still malleable enough then. Mm. Mm-hmm. You could still okay. take on new information. I could. Not now. No, it's done now. No Fitbits for me. Except you remembered for, that word, though. Yeah, you remembered. That's good. I know what a Fitbit is. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you were asking me a question. We were talking about it. Oh, yeah, you did ask yeah, me I a did ask. And I answered it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not so much taking on new technology I've, as remembering you know what, then it's I, happened. I, then, just then, when Phil forgot something that happened in the last minute, <laughs> I thought this is the correct time for a, an old joke. But then I thought, no, because this is serious now. <laughs> <laughs> this is this, the, the ravages of time actually having an effect on him in a serious way. And it's not good to poke fun. <laughs> Sometimes we should probably think about it before we... Yeah, I mean, that's obviously too near the bone. Mm. We can't be... But pretty soon I'll come out the other end and you can say what you want because I won't remember. What's going to come out the other end? My dementia. Oh, Okay. You'll catch me up, the pair of you. No, no we you won't. Always That's how have age. You'll, you'll <laughs> always have these these years on us. We don't catch you. Don't catch up. No, with <laughs> but in terms of world outlook and general world weariness, I think you'll overtake me within possibly the next twelve months. I think I'm more world weary than you are. Fewer than three million viewers tuned into the series. Far fewer than the BBC were hoping. I'd be happy with three million listeners. Hmm. It would be nice to double our listenership. Viewers sent in a record 500,000 text messages during the show, some of which were compiled to form a tie-in book, also titled oh The Joy of Text. Was texting this big a deal? Yeah. Like, there was a time when it was... You couldn't move for texting. I don't... It sounds odd. It was like you'd get all of the TV, like all the soap operas and stuff trying to incorporate texting into their plots. You'd get text flashing up on screen in TV shows. 
It was a big, I remember that big was deal. A thing, yeah. yeah, there was definitely the the moral outrage that oh, this is destroying our children's ability to learn. Yeah, as you mm. get for these things, which and it I, did, uh, did it? Yeah, I think it did because we're products of the texting era. I mean, this is the internet as well. I think it's half the internet, half half texting, but I, I don't think it's stood us in good stead. I'm not a functioning adult. Yeah, but I don't think texting's to blame. I'd, I'd blame my parents, to be honest. Did they invent texting? <laughs> the Joy of Text theme night was broadcast on 9th of June 2001. It officially began at 7.25pm with a brief five-minute introduction from TV presenter Ulrika Johnson and comedian Terry Alderton. Johnson and Alderton introduced the rest of the night's programmes and invited viewers to text their favourite jokes into the show. This is the most desperate kind of telly, isn't it? Bandwagon jumping, rushed out, no real idea of what it actually wants to achieve. All crowbarred in front of a live studio audience because that makes something innately more worthy. This was followed at 8.15pm by The Joy of Text Live, a live interactive entertainment programme. It was also hosted by Johnson and Alderton and ran for 40 minutes. After beginning with archive footage of mobile phone use during the 1980s... <laughs> look at that! It's huge! <laughs> look, he's pulling the aerial out like a wanker! <laughs> the Joy of Text Live featured segments such as a man proposing by text to his girlfriend... Awful. Human interest... They'll, they'll be divorced by now. I hope. Yeah, you'd think so. Well, she responded, yes, I love you. With no punctuation. Capital Y, though, so that's something. And didn't use the letter U in place of the word U. Yes, so. I love you. Sort it out. I agree. I I do not use any abbreviations in my text whatsoever and fully punctuate at all mm -hmm. times. Damn right. Yeah, I get a bit annoyed with myself if I accidentally do, do a mistake on text. Mm -hmm. And I worry that everybody hates me. Yeah. Oh, we do. What kind of millennials are you two? <laughs> You're letting the whole size yeah, down. Well. You should be communicating purely in emoji. We use emojis a lot. I'm a big fan I'm of a, the I'm an emoji fan. I yeah. think emojis are great. I use the thumbs up emoji for most things. Sometimes, if I'm really interested or really involved, I'll use double thumbs. That means I'm really up for doing whatever we're going to do. But the, both of the hands come from the same side. They ought to be a separate... I'm doing the Fonzie thumbs now. Send a message to Apple. Or whoever is in charge of emojis. Who's the Japanese, the, the people of Japan. Good. If, I, if anyone's going to be in charge of anything, I want it to be the Japanese. Except, you know, the 1940s. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love emojis. Like it's, it's an international language, isn't yeah. it? It's, everyone can use them. That's great. It's like sign language almost. Why would you hate it? Double thumbs. Because it's some cartoons, so... Yeah, no, I, I agree. And But as you both know, I'd never used emoji before we yeah, set up. Yeah, we taught up. you. You taught me how to use emoji. Did we? Yeah, because nice. before we set up the WhatsApp group for Wikishuffle, I'd never used emoji before. Um, you because use them all the time now. I do use them all the time because who wouldn't? They're great. Yeah. But I think I bracketed them in the same place as emoticons, which are obviously evil. Yes, I'd agree with that. Yeah. This next <laughs> sentence is... The most of its time sentence I've ever heard. Celebrity guest text messaging with pop group hearsay. Hey. <laughs> the perfect segment. Pure and simple. Ooh. Ooh. Name another. There weren't any others. There was. There were, yeah. What were the others? I don't know. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> not a what, hearsay what, fan. Was pure and simple even hearsay? Was that Liberty X? No, no it was pure and simple, yeah. yeah. Liberty X was sexy. Everything about your soul. Sexy. I'll scrap everything I said. The next paragraph is amazing. The worst idea for entertainment I've ever heard. Text message race where three members of the audience were challenged to text a friend asking them the name of Tony Blair's youngest child. The winner was the first contestant to receive the correct answer back. Okay, 
competition. Three of us. We've got to text people. Right. Find out. What, what, is, what is the game? Who's in text? What You've got text? to text. text Nobody only. texts. What's the name of Tony Blair's youngest child? The answer is Leo. Hang on. We're on airplane mode because we're recording. Oh, we can't even do this. Mode. Oh, my God. This is why this the is BBC awesome. struggles with this. I can't even take it off flight mode. <laughs> ah. Who's going to be quickest? I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Shit. This is... I'm panicked. You couldn't have done this on live TV no. at the height of texting. I've given up. This is scary. <laughs> I've given up. No, don't give up. <laughs> I've mine sent, but will I get a response? This is what it used to be like on BBC One on a Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> this was it. This and casualty. Sam. I've got Sam back. That's not his... Uh, no. Well, because he might have had another son since then. I want... Oh, yeah. There's no reason we can't text multiple people, is there? Right, let's just I mean, it's stop. not 10 p- It's not 10 a text anymore. <laughs> Can we just stop this? No, please? this is a good... This is content. <laughs> this is not content. This is exactly what it was like in the BBC offices when they were deciding to do this show. <laughs> Leo, I got it. Oh. Yeah, thanks, Paul. There you go. So what we did there, just, did just to wrap we up, we didn't time it. Um, it took one minute, but just to to wrap that up for the listeners, what we did was take the piss out of the BBC for having terrible ideas yeah. in two thousand and one, and then we did did their exact thing mm. in 2016 Now. That's yeah. what we did. Yeah, but we did it on a podcast, so it's a little bit more cutting edge. So there's, there's not even any visualisation for people. It's just us saying, we're texting now. Yeah, but we did the whole feature for free. They did it on a budget of several million pounds in front of three million people. And strung out over an hour. I genuinely think I could have done that quicker in 2001. Oh, definitely. I um, There were too many options for me there. I'll be honest with you, I gave up because I didn't really understand the game. <laughs> what didn't you understand? I didn't know what we were supposed to do. You just said, get your phone. And then I thought, oh, no, it's too much. So I put it down and just did something else. The Joy of Text Live was followed at 8.55pm by Text Maniacs, a documentary about the use of text messaging. Text Maniacs featured human interest stories, such as a story about a woman whose life was saved when she texted her boyfriends to tell him that the boat she and her friends were on had drifted out to sea. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's, that's funny. Because that is the kind of stuff that is just totally normal now. Yeah, yeah. Being saved because of mobile phones. I'm sure that's happened literally thousands of times since then. And it's made it difficult to script a good thriller these days. Oh, it has, yeah. You have to set them in the the 90s or before. Yeah, or give some ridiculous reason and go to great lengths to explain why everyone's phones don't work, Mm -hmm. which is always boring. Oh, the mobile phone tower's out. Although they used to do that in horrors back in the day. They'd cut the phone line, wouldn't they? Yeah, it's the same thing. Scream. Yeah, but you wouldn't have five minutes of your main central characters all holding their phones up in the air, boringly. <laughs> it's just like being at a party. Mate, what's your Wi-Fi password? Is that you at a party? No, that's, that's everyone else at a party. A party that you're throwing. <laughs> <laughs> Might be. The programme also included interviews with a teenage girl who sent an average of 1,000 texts a month, costing £300. <laughs> And a runaway who used text to stay in contact with his family. I've ran away by LOL. <laughs> we, we all like to laugh. Uh, was it David Cameron or Tony Blair who thought LOL stood for lots of love? When I first saw LOL, 
I didn't know what it stood for either. And I thought it was an emoticon of an excited person with both hands in the air. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and my grandma. <laughs> This was like... Phil, uh, that's the oldest thing you've ever said. <laughs> but this was like... This was really early. This was like 1996, 1997. This was proper early days of, of the interweb. If you've never seen it before, there's no context in your life because you've never, no one's ever talked about this around you. You're seeing it for the first time in some uh. weird CompuServe chat room. Did you ever, <laughs> did you, did you ever use LOL in, with that idea in mind that that's what it was? No, because I never liked emoticons, and then I don't like acronyms either, so I've never used LOL to mean laugh out loud either. Not even ironically. No, because even that's really tragic, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. Is it? Yeah. Well, no. Because <laughs> we do that a lot. <laughs> and when people stretch LOL by putting extra O's in the middle. Laugh out out loud. Yeah. It works. No, no, it doesn't. I just do the thumbs up emoji now. I do it for everything. I uh, just use the aubergine. That's another good one. The poo face. Poo face. Smiling poo emoji. What are we doing? <laughs> like, this is just turning into the BBC's shit texting night. <laughs> and in 20 years, some weird new form of media is going to be, let's listen to the time that Wikishuffle did a whole episode on emojis. Ha ha ha, the idiots. But they won't be saying it in English. They'll be saying it in emoji because it'll just be normal then. <laughs> And they're going to look, what are we doing? What, what is this? <laughs> what are we doing with our lives? Probably best we don't get too existential because this is pretty much all I've been doing so far this year is podcasting. If I start to question whether or not it's worthwhile. It's not. It's not. <laughs> we got some Twinkies through the post one time. That's literally the only benefit I've seen. <laughs> the only benefit. The final programme of the evening, X-Text, was a 15-minute adult-oriented show about the ruder side of texting. Ooh. Broadcast at 11.30pm. Saucy. The joy of text was critically panned by reviewers. Writing for the Sunday Mirror, TV columnist Ian Highland criticised the joy of text live for its poorly written scripts and confusing content. He was just old. He just didn't understand what texting was. Alderton himself was also critical of the series, calling it one of the worst pieces of TV in history. Uh. He explained that as a result of Johnson's baby falling suddenly ill, oh dear, neither he nor Johnson had any time for rehearsals. Well, that explains why Ulrika Johnson didn't have any time for rehearsals. You could have given it a go, mate. The Tale of Tsar Sultan. The Tale of Tsar Sultan, of his son, the renowned and mighty Bogotar Prince Gvidon Saltonovich, and of the beautiful Princess Swan. What? I don't know, I just read it out. Was I supposed to understand any of it? The tale of Tsar Sultan, so Tsar's like king, his son, the king's son, the renowned and mighty Bogotar. What's a Bogotar? Maybe that's a type of people. So he was prince of the Bogotars, and his name was Gvidon Saltanovich, and of the beautiful Princess Swan. Ooh, okay. Chris, what? Would you fuck a swan? No. Okay. Maniac. It's an 1831 poem by Alexander Pushkin that was published in a book of Russian fairy tales edited by Vladimir Dahl. As a folktale, it is classified as Arne Thompson Type 707 for its dancing water, singing apple and speaking bird. No, I, don't, I don't know any of the words that you're saying. Well, I know what they mean, but in this context... So there's an Arne Thompson scale... It's an index to classify folk tales, <laughs> and that one is number 707, because previously, the 706 that um, predate that mm. are not batshit mental. 
but this one has dancing water, singing apple, and speaking bird. Mm. So you've got to have all three of those for it to be a 707. But there can't be enough stories that have those three elements to justify. Singing apple and speaking bird, I think, will probably be quite common. Dancing water, let's just not worry about it. It's kind of making my brain hurt. The story is about three sisters. The youngest is chosen by Tsar Saltan to be his wife. He orders the other two sisters to be his royal cook and weaver. Oh, it's like, <laughs> like shag, kill, murder. That's not what it's called. Snug, marry, avoid, or um, shag, marry, kill. Yeah. But it's marry, marry weave, cook. Marry, eat, wear. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Marry, eat, wear. Do you want to go with marry, eat, wear? Not with you. Let Okay, Chris. Oh. Here is um, Kelly Brook. Yeah. Michelle Keegan. Okay. And the swan of your choosing. Okay. Marry, eat, wear. I'd wear this one. Okay. You wouldn't eat this one? No, I wouldn't. Okay. Yeah, I'd wear this one because they've got nice plumage. Um, Bjork, if she's taught us one thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a good look. I'd marry Kelly Brook because, you know, she's... Been going for a while now, and she's pretty. She has actually, <laughs> actually. If you, um... <laughs> I don't know, because if... that's your reason for marrying her, because she's been going for a while now. <laughs> You're a charmer. Put that, put that in your vows, mate. <laughs> Kelly, you've been going for a while, love. <laughs> Can I just say that if you find Kelly Brook an attractive human being, which mm-hmm. is legitimate too, mm-hmm. you're basically saying I'm attractive because we're the same age to the day, Kelly Brook and that, I. That's not, no. That's Where's no. the logic there? No, that, we're not saying that you're attractive. <laughs> yeah, no. You're saying that's that not everyone born on the 23rd of November 1979 is attractive. No, no. no the only thing what, that we're taking from anything? that is that you've been going for a while. <laughs> Um, so this also means that you will eat Michelle Keegan. I have not, but if these are the choices that I've got... Well, they are. Mm. There you go. And in, in marry, weave, <laughs> eat, or whatever it was, these are the choices. It's a fundamentally flawed concept for a game anyway you look yeah. at it, isn't it? It's not really a game. It's <laughs> like not a for horrible the, Not for this czar it wasn't. It was a way of life. <laughs> so the youngest daughter is to be his wife... The other two are to be his royal cook and weaver. They become jealous of their younger sister, and when the Tsar goes off to war, the Tsaritsa gives birth to a son, Prince Gvidian. The older sisters arrange to have the Tsaritsa and the child sealed in a barrel and thrown <laughs> into the sea. This <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, just that's that simple. There's no build-up to that sentence. It's just the older sisters arrange no, there was. to have the Tsaritsa. They were jealous. Sorry, no. There was. You just oh, I know, but attention. not enough to seal them in a barrel and throw them into the sea. They were pretty jealous. Well, you must be. And how it's not going to end well for them. Then the Tsar's not going to come back and marry both of them. Mm. We could play for a fun game, Phil. If you could seal two people in a barrel and throw them into the sea, which two people would you seal into a barrel and throw into the sea? Oh, I'm putting you in. Yeah. Oh, come on. This is for the good of the world. And then, am I going to fit anybody else in? (laughs) (laughs) That is a double insult right there. (laughs) You deliberately put me onto the spot with a game that was neither fun nor Sometimes you put me on the spot, I get all flustered and then end up Eating Michelle Keegan. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the, the real loser here is Michelle Keegan. Yeah. And the swan. And me in a barrel being thrown into the sea. 
But cross your fingers because there's potential that the same thing could happen to you as happened to the Tsar, Tsaritsa and the baby, which is the sea takes pity on them and casts them on the shore of a remote island, Buyan. The son, having quickly grown while in the barrel, goes hunting. <laughs> oh, come on. He ends up saving an enchanted swan from a kite bird. Ooh, there's a swan. Yeah. Enchanted at that. Mm. The swan creates a city for the Prince Gvidon to rule, nope. but he is homesick. <laughs> How can he be? He was a baby when he was put in the barrel. This story makes no sense. It's a fairy tale. doesn't have to. It's a singing apple. You're focusing on the homesick bit. The big part here for me is the swan creating a city. So the swan turns him into a mosquito to help him. How oh. does that help? <laughs> Doesn't, does it? If anything, that's a hindrance. In this guise, he visits uh, Saltan's court, where he stings his aunt in the eye and escapes. <laughs> Back in his realm, the swan gives Gvidon a magical squirrel, but he continues to pine for home. So oh. the swan... Pine. Oh, the pun. Oh. <laughs> yes, he continues nice to work, pine Wikipedia. for home. So the swan transforms him again, this time into a fly. In this guise, Prince Gvidon visits Sultan's court again and he stings his older aunt in the eye. The third time, the prince is transformed into a bumblebee and stings the nose of his grandmother. For no reason whatsoever, just spite. In the end, the prince expresses a desire for a bride instead of his old home, at which point the swan is revealed to be a beautiful princess whom he marries. (laughs) See, you should have had the swan. Would have grown into a beautiful princess. Well, we decided on Kelly Brook. He's been going on a Actually, yeah, I'd, yeah, mm. yeah. I'd rather Kelly Brook than a beautiful princess. He is visited by the Tsar, who is overjoyed to find his newly married son and daughter-in-law. Lovely. It's a nice story. It's not. It's mental. <laughs> no, that's nice. A nice, nice tale. Have you got any closing thoughts, Phil? I've got no closing thoughts, except I'm not surprised that I've not heard of that story before. Chris? Um, I liked it. I'm looking forward to the Disney animated version. <laughs> I'm looking forward to sealing Jeremy Hunt in a barrel and throwing him into the sea. I think Jeremy Hunt and a live lion. Episode 53 in the bag. Thanks for listening. Chris, what have you been up to this week? Uh, I've been off work a week, Mm. which has been nice. It's tricky with me, though, because if I don't have structure, then it all goes wrong. But I went they to... discover ripples in space-time <laughs> is what actually happens. <laughs> I wonder where that came from. Oh, yeah. But I went to the cinema, which is nice. And then afterwards, it was about 6 o'clock. It was getting dark. It was cold. And you know the like charity people that get you on the street? Yeah. Chuggers. I... Chuggers. I knew there was a name for them. Um, I, I was, was like approached by a lady. And I think I, think I sponsor a turtle now. <laughs> <laughs> But, but I don't know. What we, I don't really know what happened. I mean, two, right? Two, two documents. amazing. <laughs> let's see the documents. Two amazing things happened there. You were approached by a lady. That's number one. How did that feel? It was fine. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And secondly, the turtle. What's its name? I don't know. What but do you mean you sponsor it? I mean, they're normally like you know you'll get Oxfam or yeah, um, you know the other ones. Oh, it's WWF. Not the wrestlers. I know, yeah. There you go, Phil. There's a there's a pamphlet. Everyone <laughs> loves a pamphlet. Thanks for your support. The WWF I don't know what I supported, though. She didn't even tell me how much money it cost me to sponsor the turtle. She just said, what do you like, horses or turtles? And I said, turtle. <laughs> what? How's <laughs> that a question? What do you like, horses or turtles? Well, nobody likes both. Yeah. yeah. So I said, uh, turtles. 
And then she asked for my, my bank information and I just gave her it. £6.50 a month. £6.50, that's a strange amount. You know, I mean, it's not that much. It's Netflix yeah. money, but still. I'd like to know the tale. There's um, no information about this tale. There's no... no your name is not, not on any of these sure Apparently, sponsoring a turtle. Apparently it's um, going to email me. <laughs> the turtle the is going to email, email you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time... When I was doing all this, because I had to ring up the bank as well, because my bank card doesn't have my account on it, like the account number. So we had to speak to the bank. Mm. <laughs> and I, the guy spoke to me and said, um, can you like have a few transactions that you've done? And I said, oh, well, I've been to the cinema. And he went, oh, what did you see? <laughs> <laughs> and this was all happening... Like, oh, big like data late. just keeps on creeping, doesn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the lady was like, oh, "I'm really, I'm really sorry. Normally, it doesn't happen. Like, they don't normally drag it on that much. We'll, we'll email you about your tail." <laughs> and okay. but I gave her a, a business card for the podcast, so did you? Hopefully, she's listening. <laughs> That's weird in uh, itself. Well, I have to do something. I'm paying for a turtle now. How did you? I've got to support this turtle. <laughs> How did you do that? I just said, look. It's been like 20 minutes now, so you take this. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I have a business card story um, this week as well. I um, was at an event and Adam Buxton was there, who is my favourite person. Mm-hmm. It's weird, podcasters are kind of like film stars to me. I was in a room with loads of podcasters and I was kind of freaking out a bit. I was like, oh my God, it's, it's David Reed from Film Fandango. He's like my favourite <laughs> and there's Adam Buxton and... And Adam and Joe were like, that's like my first podcasting love. Yeah. So he's kind of the, the Tom Cruise of the pod- my podcasting world. And you do squeal every time you see Chris and I. Mm. I do, yeah, yeah, I get excited. A little ripple of excitement or arousal or something. I'm not quite sure what it is. So yeah, we were talking to Adam Buxton and our friend James forced one of our business cards into his hand without saying anything and just left it up to me to explain. So oh, you did, like, there was an explanation accompanying then? Well, there so had he to did. be, because he, he he just, he was standing sort of 10 feet away and he approached Adam Buxton, put this business card in his hand and then scooted off. I was like, oh, well, now I have to, I, it wasn't a plan. I didn't want him to have the business card because what are you going to do? Say, oh, look, well, what I did say was basically I was fanboying and I was a bit, I was a bit giddy and excited. And I said, oh, yes, that's, that's my podcast business card it's a podcast that we do me and my friends <laughs> oh and god you're making me want to die it's, it's not as good as your podcast adam buxton but it's still oh. good and it'd be nice if you listened and i love you and you're great and then i want i sponsored a title my, my, uh, that's fine i'm fine with i feel now. like chris is doing a lot more good in the world than you are mm. i didn't know what well, it wasn't in the plan it wasn't in the plan i panicked it's easy to do it was a scary moment so if you're listening mr buxton he's not listening He's, he's, he's got, got important listening. things to do. No. He needs to know what the competition is like out there. It's Nothing not, to worry about. No. So, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm not saying he's listening and afraid. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I met my Tom Cruise, my mm. short little man that I love. I think that um, Alex Haddo's Tom Cruise meeting story was much better than yours. And mm. if you didn't hear Alex Haddo's Tom Cruise meeting story, mm-hmm. then listen to bonus episode number 52 that came out last Friday, where we had our first special guest, Alex Haddo, from out of off of the pool.com. And you can listen to us talk about some Wikipedia entries with her. And she's back again on Friday because the whole thing overran. So we're doing another bonus episode on Friday. So listen to that. Yep. And more bonus episodes to come. Um, in the pipeline as well we're just yeah. organising some um, some more guests to come on so that'll be nice and that's it 
Is that it? What's your business card story, Phil? I haven't got a business card story. You Why must. would I have a business card Cause story? Because me and Phil do. We're bringing I'm, it. I'm, I'm Chris. There was other business card stories that we had that night because I, I gave my drunk friends, um, James and Paul, some cards to dish out, you know, to try and... Because I'm too shy about it. I can't go up to people and say, hi, I've got a podcast to listen to it. Because that's weird, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. I can't do it yeah, either. So it, I'm not. It's... So I got drunk people to do it for me. Uh huh. But they didn't do it like that. They were putting business cards in people's hoods without mm. them knowing, pockets. At one point, we walked past a girl. It was a karaoke night, and she sang first. And I was like, "Oh, there's the girl who sang first. You, you should give her a business card." And Paul just said, "I already have. Look at her purse." And looked down, and in her purse, in between the two. Percy bits. The purse folds. The purse folds was one of our business cards just tucked inside. She didn't notice he was putting it there. It was just in her purse. Like reverse pickpocket. Which is, yeah, reverse pickpocket. This is all really seedy behaviour. It's not right, is it? Yeah. So if you're listening off the back of our sordid, weird behaviour, thanks and sorry. But yeah. it wasn't me. I did put one in someone's hood. But, you know, the spirit took me by that point. It was exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, let's find people with hoods. <laughs> All right, is that enough? Yeah, we got to say goodbye. Mm. Bye. Bye. With some enthusiasm, make like you want to be here. Bye. Why are you so irritating today? You said enthusiasm. That's just that was just loud. And but bye. Bye. Bye bye. 